back to old school with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back. Last long segment on a Thursday. Hopefully everybody's uh, staying out of the – I think there's some showers out there. So It's raining. Um, it's before raining. we went to break, we wanted to play devil's advocate. Come on, Jay. Jay Foreman was the coach. So, Coach Foreman gets hired, right? It's in the Lincoln Journal-Star. And, uh, mm-hmm. and the state it, rejoices. In, mm-hmm. in the Omaha World Herald and all over on online or whatever. But I guarantee you – T-shirts everywhere. <laughs> no, uh, I guarantee you – Foreman's that, fans. That, that some people that, you know – have voices would mm-hmm. say, well, guess what they would say? Where's his experience? We don't know if he can recruit. Why hire him? You know what I'm saying? Right? So those three things. So when people talk about the staff being young, I always kind of put myself in their situation situation because it's just like a player, right? You know the player has talent, but then you, you then when when you hear a coach or like somebody that's close to the coaching staff says, well, he isn't a play because he didn't have experience. Well, how the heck is he ever going to get experience? Like, how do you think Jay Foreman got in there in, in 1995 and, and, and played, you know, 55, 60% of the time? I didn't play 100% of the time. I played 50. Well, how do you, I, before I did that, I had zero experience. You know what my experience was? Getting my head beat in and trying to find a way to dodge Corey Schlesinger <laughs> after the first couple of days of ISO drills. Find okay? a hammer. Find right. a hammer. I'm going to hit you on Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm dodging you, man. I'm done. Okay, you get me once a week. That's it. So, you know, like Grant Wistrom, right? He went from high school to playing, and, and he didn't start, but he got experience. So even with his coaching staff, they don't have the, I guess, quote-unquote experience of, you know, obviously, if a Nick Saban or like a Todd Grantham that was there, or you know, or like Ryan Day and 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 it was a Knowles, their defensive coordinator, or you know Brian Hartline and all that. But you gotta think, before Brian Hartline really took off as a wide receiver coach, he was an assistant assistant coach as a former player, getting a chance. You never heard once out of Ohio State talking about when he got hired as a, a wide receiver coach that he didn't have experience. So let's not hire him. They're like, okay, cool. Now it's going to be some growing pains, which would be with any coach, right? Now I see it both ways. I understand, like, look, you got the four guys. I always said that you got the four main positions that have guys that have more experience, both in years on this earth and coaching, right? Mm-hmm. Offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, special teams coordinator, head coach. And then a lot of younger coaches that are just cutting their teeth. But you also have to remember when Coach Osborne took over, he didn't have any experience. Man, he was backing up, coming after Devaney, and then a lot of the guys on the staff didn't have experience. So as long as they are truly invested in co- coaching, right, and the, and I think it's when the head coach is working along, and not and, and the head coach has to mentor, hold accountable, coach the coaches, um, applaud them, and push them on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis – then you then in two you won't be you won't worry about it. But if you if I hire Austin to run my defense, and the only thing that he's ever done was kind of like you know hold cards, then it's like okay, well how fair am I being as Austin's I guess boss or head coach hire you and not support you? you get I, what I'm saying? I think you nailed it on the head when you said about coaching and then listed everything that goes into coaching. I think right. a lot of times we see coaches who are in it for game days, who are in it for Saturdays, who right. are in it for Sundays. 
not in it for the actual coaching teaching aspect. Right. And that's 24/7. Right. Some, everybody wants perks. And that's and that's everybody, and, and everybody so don't the, want that work. And so <laughs> those assistant coaches are, are 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 in it to win it like that. And and I and I think considering what has happened in the past, mm-hmm. right? Which is the last staff and the previous staff and previous before that, that if you have a coach that gets out of his way, gets out of the, you know, out of his, gets in his own way and starts, starts to succumb to some sort of stardom or stops working or recruiting, I'd like to think that the move would be made, even though we will try to help you find another spot, but it's just not here. You know, sure. I'd like every coach to be the best recruiter, the best at the position coach, but also people that are saying it, you, I see it both ways. Cause I do, because I'm like, Hey man, you know, this dude, so, you know, the young receiver coach, but you know, I will say this about a coach and I don't know whether he's going to be a good coach or not, but this is what I can say to be on the other side of it. Right. And contrary to the belief that some people that they used to work here, Jay Foreman does not play both sides. Okay. What I do is look at both sides of the thing and give everybody options to make their own decision. Right. Because there was a coach that used to work here. that used to always think that I play both sides because I came on the radio for five hours a week. <sighs> Okay, oh. that lets me know, number oh. one, you're lazy and you don't know Jay Foreman. But I can say this, from my own experience, and me not being a coach, but from me being a football player, I felt when I showed up at Nebraska, football acumen-wise, I was two or three years he- ahead of everybody or majority of people in my in my r- recruitment class. Mm-hmm. And And it's not because I sat in and watched tape. It was because of the conversations that I had with my dad, all my uncles, my uncles that aren't blood relatives. Dan Marino in Miami? (laughs) Yeah, well, he was getting me in it. And the experiences that I had, both with Dan Marino and being a ball boy, and also the the one person that I talked the most football with, okay, is my grandmother who knew everything about football. And so the, where I learned a lot in football was when I was living in Frederick, Maryland with her, the Washington, at that time, the Redskins and the Pittsburgh Steelers used to ha- – they they do their inter-squad scrimmage. For, Carlisle, PA. For a whole week, though. And it was on TV every single day. Mm-hmm. And so we would watch that every single day. Mm-hmm. And they would have commentate – you know, they'd have guys covering it. And so we, she would literally go over all the plays with me and then ask me at night and then ask me the next day. And I remember when I, when I told her I was about to play my first varsity game as a sophomore or as a freshman or sophomore, and she was like, you know, you know when, you, when, you're, when you're running to the right sideline, you got to have the ball, you know, don't have it on the inside. You got to have it high and tight. You better not be fumbling. This, so when I showed up, I had that. So – to to a feather in a or to a check in the good part is McGuire as a wide receiver coach. I'd like to think, being a coach's son, right, that he was probably more privy and ready to be a young coach than say, "Hey, you're my buddy, and you never coached before. Here you go, be a power five coach, and you need to go and start recruit all these linebackers or whatever." I'd like to think that. Some of the frustrations that his dad came home and talked about, say, is recruiting, or this is a hotbed in Texas, or this is how you build a team, or this is what I've done well, or whatever, right? And his experiences that he heard, that he 
you know, I'm assuming it was, you know, heard at the dinner table, mm-hmm. probably accelerated in his In the mind. car. He, yeah, he learned car. more in the car than most fans. Two from games, yeah. being in there, being yeah. in locker rooms. I mean, I mean, for me, getting ready for a a game, I've already done it. Being a ball boy and, and, and go, seeing the difference between the first preseason game, the third preseason game, guys getting cut, making it, then getting ready for the season, and then seeing how they prepare for games that are season and seeing the, the, the total difference. So when I got here, I that's what I referred back to. So I, that's where I was fortunate enough to do that. You know what I mean? Or I don't – and, and it's – I, I, I want to be clear. I don't have issue with young coaches. I don't have problems with inexperienced coaches. My question is, in a space that has the legacy and has the tradition but is now – front and center in PTSD for fans. Like, these fans are, have been beat down, man, and they don't quit. Like, they still show up to take the beating again. So my worry is th- these fans are going to st- – like, you made a change. You went through five bad years. You made a change hoping that it becomes different. And the hope is that it's different now, different soon. But the reality is probably not. And we'll be asked, why? Well, I will tell you the truth all the time right. that it's we hope they've figured it out and that they've hired the right people because recently they have not. And time, <laughs> you know, time will tell, and time will tell. I think the, the best coaches start out, learn, readjust, go some more, learn some more, maybe fail, come back as a better ver- – continue to grow as a coach, continue to find new ways to be a better coach. And take Nebraska out of it. You know, Brett uh, Bielema, you know, he, he came from Iowa. You know, Iowa's coaching tree, went to Wisconsin, under Barry Alvarez, run the ball, beat you up, play good defense. He went to Arkansas, had so-so, you know, success. So what did he do? He went around and found out how to be more explosive on offense, and then he had to evaluate his coaching staff, and he finally realized, actually, we have good coaches because all of them are getting jobs at other other places. So he said, so he thought, I have to change my philosophy in order to be successful. So he left the Big Ten as one of the hottest coaches, and it was a it was a surprise when he left to go to Arkansas. But the Big Ten was different then. Urban came and changed it, so he was able to go to the SEC and learn there after failing and go around to numerous places. Then he was an offensive line coach at the for the uh, – or def- was the offensive defensive line with the Patriots, I think he did, or assistant coach, because remember, he, you know, and then learn all that stuff, learn a little bit of NFL offenses and defenses, right, make more connections in coaching, and then come back to Illinois and really hit the ground running and, you know, obviously – leapfrog some of the good stuff that lovey did and a lot of the hard work that lovey did so you know i, I think that i think good he's coaches, a student i think good coaches always are trying to be and better. he's a fan of the game there are a lot of talented coaches who have a high level of disdain for parts of the game and the people in it well there's a <laughs> lot there's a lot there's a, like there's, that's the that's the real here's real the one thing I about <laughs> there's a lot of coaches that really enjoy the paycheck and mm-hmm. really enjoy all the perks that come with it. Mm-hmm. The free car, 
probably you you know the in all this other stuff, whether it's the, the head coach or assistant coaches. Yep. Like if you're paying me, just just say that I was at, just, okay, just say I'm at Colorado, I'm Dion. You're paying me five million dollars, and I really don't want to be available twenty four seven. I would I would I would ask somebody this right, no matter what they're paying, because whatever you're getting paid here at Nebraska, you're correct me if I'm wrong, you're probably in the top because you're a state employee mm -hmm. right right austin you're a state employee right? number one you're a state employee. well like yes you, the the athletic department will tell you that you're one. not paid by the tax dollars as the head coach it's all from within athletics okay, but you're still fine. hired but by as the a state, state but you're hired, by, hired, state. But you're hired yeah. by the state no yeah. no i don't all that stuff is that's fine whatever you want to say but whether you're the head coach or an assistant coach with the football team right whether you're a veteran head coach or a veteran assistant coach or a young and upcoming assistant coach, if you're one of the 11 or 10 or whatever it is, and maybe even some of the analysts, your base salary is probably in the top 5% of quote-unquote state employees. Correct. So anything that you don't like to do, I don't give a damn. I really don't. Say that louder for the people in the back. I, I really don't. You know what I'm saying? And – and the reason why, and the reason why that changed my uh, mindset is, is because, and this is a funny story, is when I lived in Charlotte in an off season, I was playing basketball because I was rehabbing my ankles. So I was like, man, let me go out here and just try to get up and down the court. So me and this other brother got into it, right? And he was, a, I mean, he was a big old bro. He was a big dude, right? And we weren't going to throw hands, but you know, he, you know, he was trying to take me underneath, and and I was, you know, I threw him down, he threw me down, and we got in, into it, right? find out he played basketball at Kansas State right and, and his name is Lloyd Parker and so we he we, we kind of you know, we're friends now and uh, he worked at the Bank of America um and so he's like where are you from like Minnesota you know and he didn't put two and two together right this is a funny story so I used to also play basketball with Randy Moss and Dante Culpepper up at this called Crosstown and he's like, yeah, man. He's like, yeah, I, when I lived up in Minnesota, you know, I was just getting into the, you know, the banking and stuff. And I went from Kansas State and he played a little overseas. He's like, yeah, I used to go in there and play pickup game. He's like, man, this old wa this old washed up football player, man, Chuck <laughs> Foreman used to be playing, right? <laughs> used to try to body <laughs> He's not realizing yeah. that's my dad. <laughs> so then we was about to go round two. I was like, man, that's my dad, right? And that just we just both – busted out laughing because he was dead serious yeah. and it was funny because then i could imagine my dad going in there really thinking oh he was yeah doing something. yeah debo senior but <laughs> what my dad what, but what lloyd talked to me about right is I, I don't know who it was uh holding out and he was also talking about the cba you know the first when the stoppage yeah he's like whoever is in your leadership is stupid he's like because 99 percent of america don't feel sorry for you He's like, actually, 99.9 .9 don't because there's people that would wish to have your problems and you're complaining. Do the work and shut up. That changed my mindset. Now, I get it. There's things with every single – look, you're the president of the United States. You're the most powerful person in the world, I give or take, right? Depends on who's <laughs> – but, right. you know, look, I don't do politics. But this, if you are a president or if you're the, you know – Whatever it is of of a country, you are the most powerful person here in the United States. You're the most powerful person if you wanted to be. There's things that when you are in that position that you hate about that job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Th that's only natural. 
So for these coaches, right, that complain about like like the ones that are the, the SEC, they're they're and like they're just making talking about NIL and, and yeah. tampering. Yeah. How are you complaining about what you're doing? You're Kirby Smart. You're how did you how did you get Eric Gilbert to leave from LSU, okay, as the number one tight end in the nation? And end up on your campus mm-hmm. by osmosis. You just mm-hmm. he just six six two hundred eighty um, some pounds fell out the sky um, down there in the, <laughs> between the hedges. Hey, what are you doing here? I thought we just played against you. Oh, okay. You want to play? No, they they was at a rest stop and he's at the McDonald's and he's right. just like, hey, coach. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I was Baton Rouge. I just got lost. I yeah, thought, you know, I, t- yeah. I got off on the wrong exit. Yeah, what exit is Tuscaloosa? Yeah, anyway? So I mean, at the end of the day, don't you know? I, I just think it's like a lot of those. Like, I mean, I and I get it, man. And look, family's important. Spending time with people that you, especially in this day and time, you know, it, it's important. But also, it's your job. Yeah. yeah so and it's not so. It's a gift, man. That's why I said I, I love coming to work every day i get to do this and i get it look like i I get to do this i coach teenagers okay yeah you don't know how many times i keep driving i I just drive off the frustrations i don't know why the hell i do it how do i get how did i do it again i told myself i was gonna quit but it's rewarding and i'm doing it for free and a lot of times i'm losing money doing it because i'm paying money in to get you know get kids into tournaments and stuff like that whereas like when you're handsomely compensated you know what I'm saying? That's almost as bad as somebody that's willing to go to bat for you and and, and act like they they turned against you. Yeah. See, that's how you get pimp slapped. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Now just. Yeah. Anyways, I'll get out my soapbox. We're gonna no, come back with one short yeah. uh, segment before we. Uh, want to shout out before we go to break. Want to shout out. So three Huskers achieve All American status this spring. Yes. We, aside yes. from the track and field folks that are still in their business, but sh- shout out. So for Billy Andrews. Uh, third team All American at shortstop, uh, uh, Max Anderson second team yep. All American at second base, Bryce Matthews second te- uh, third team All America. Congratulations, yep. Huskers! Yeah, job big well done. time, big time, big time, big time. All of them banging them home runs. That's what I like to see the home runs. So with that being said, we're gonna go to break. Come back probably for about two two second segment. There's Jake Sorensen, so we're gonna see if we can jack Jake up a little bit. Uh, get his preview on his ride. We got to do countdown to Jake Vershawn in, in in Farley's ride to Indianapolis. <laughs> Jay Foreman, DP Austin. We'll be right back.